Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 18, and uh, today we're going to be talking about God Killer by Hannah Kainer, which we thought would be a great choice because it sounded good and the cover is really beautiful, but unfortunately, <laughs> did not live up to the cover, so... In uh, fairness, few books could live up to such a gorgeous cover, but I think many wouldn't fall quite as short of the mark. This is this is true. Um, it, it was unintentional to pick a book that we both would end up not being fans of, uh, but this is where we are. So where we are. So we're going to talk about it. And uh, as a reminder, if you want, you can always join us on Patreon and channel memberships. If you want to access exclusive bonus content for each episode, this episode's bonus content will be discussing Hades Town because I have finally seen it. <laughs> and and your life, your life is now divided between the time before you saw Hades Town and the time after. It's true. Everything has changed. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that for for bonus content. But God Killer. Uh... What do they always say? Punish in public and praise in private, right? So that's what we're doing. We're going to yeah. rant about God Killer here. And then privately, we're going to praise Hades Town. Yeah. So I think we're doing it right. Absolutely. I feel like I should close the. What is happening? Why are this is like New York sirens, of course, right? When I want to do this, maybe I'll. They heard about our God Killer opinions. And they're coming for us. <laughs> Must have. It happens to me all the time as the resident haver of bad opinions. Makes sense. So, um, here, you have had this on your shelves for a while because I know it came out earlier in the UK, like in January. Yeah, Which so has, I have the gorgeous, like, signed Waterstones edition with sprayed pages. It's so pretty. Um, it's so pretty. Oh, no. Um, and I was like, I shouldn't, I mean, I wasn't having super high expectations for it just because it's, like, so pretty. I expected to like it, but I was like, I mean, it's a real pretty book, but like, you know, if the story is like good, then we'll be good. But um, yeah, it, it fell short of that quite reasonable, I think, bar. So I don't know what is happening outside my house right now. I'm going to go. I already told you they're coming for our opinion. They're coming for you. Um, feel free to expand on your thoughts while I shut this window. <laughs> Well, I mean, as I said, I didn't have like super, super high expectations. It was, I knew it was a debut when I got it um, and that like it wasn't even published in the US. Not that that means anything necessarily. It's not like, oh, if it's like only published in the UK, that means that it must suck or anything. But I was like, this isn't like, you know, this isn't a way of King situation where I've been set up to expect this to be like the most mind blowing fantasy of all time. I was like, this is a fantasy that happens to have a pretty fantastic cover but it's you know it's a debut it's something that might be promising who knows let's see right and um no no i, I also thought that it was if not completely a standalone a book that's like maybe leave something open where you could expand on I it but that like thought that too could be read as that a standalone was, yeah no that was definitely what i thought and it's not at all a standalone not even in the sense of like, well, it's technically the first of a series, but it mostly concludes things and just kind of leaves a little something no. open. It's like, no. 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 This is not a complete story arc at all. I would, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, can we even say that it has a story arc? 
has it has it crossed that hurdle? Is a journey a story? Maybe. There were words. There were pages. <laughs> there were words on pages. Those pages were in a sequence that was more or less chronological. <laughs> I think you disliked it more than I did, but I also didn't really like it. I wanted well, to. because I in addition to being not a particularly good story or having particularly well done world building, the writing itself was atrocious. Like it the was, prose was atrocious. So you know how I really, feel about, about prose. I, I did struggle to read it because just like, I mean, I didn't, I don't know that I specifically hated the prose. I just felt like it kept going off on these tangents that distracted from the action of what was happening. And so even though this book is less than, you know, less than 300 pages long, it felt like it took forever to get through it. And I was like, why are we, why are we doing this? Like it was, could have been interesting, but no, we're off here describing this other thing here that we don't really need to know about. Well, my patrons chose not this book in a for me. beautiful way. Yeah. My patrons chose this book for me to read and vlog. So like at first being like a responsible vlogger, I was reading it physically and trying to read it more carefully and like have things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like, was like, this is a horrible, how am I going to get through this? And I checked and Scribd had the audiobook. So I just like whizzed through the audiobook as fast as I could. And I was like, even then I was like stopping every so often to be like, hey guys, okay, my quick update is that this sentence was stupid, but okay, back to like whizzing through it. But like in the first like three pages, I was like the first three pages have had like some of the most atrocious writing that I've ever read. And I was like, I spent like several minutes picking apart like almost every word of the first three pages. And after that, I was like, okay, so like the rest is like that. So just like assume nitpickery for the next 300 pages that I, you know, shan't actually be executing. (laughs) See, I didn't mind the prologue. Like the prologue, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Let's see where this goes. We'll Um, be shocked to hear that um, the person that I, that I found a reason to bring up when I was criticizing the prose was Joe Abercrombie. Um, (laughs) I'm so shocked. (laughs) But the reason, and I, I I know I've brought this up before when we've talked about his books, when we've talked about other people's books, is like him talking about starting out as a writer and like trying to find his footing and trying to like, you know, gauge the like how we're doing the purpley metaphorical prose. And when he first handed, like his first attempt when he handed it to his mom and there was some kind of flowery metaphor about like the night sky being like blue velvet with like diamonds scattered upon it or some, some such. Um, and that when his mom got to that, she said, is that true? And he was like, what? She's like, is that true? Is that what a night sky looks like? And he was like, "Mm, yeah, not really. And so now he always asks himself when he's writing something, is that true? Mm -hmm. And I really wish this author had like at all considered asking that about any of the attempts at like also like clunkily worded and like weirdly sequenced sentences that contained metaphors that failed on the is it true test. So yeah. There were so many sentences I had to reread because I was like, I don't, I'm not following. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Whereas I just like had a hard time keeping reading. I was like, okay, I have to finish this book. This should not be this hard. It's not that long. Um, And the, like, I feel like there's something, the bones of it, it has the bones of something that could have been interesting. What it has the bones of is being a copycat of better things. (laughs) I mean... Yeah. Anything well, okay. that's good about it is something that just reminds you of a better thing. There's nothing original about it that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I do think 
the the way that it was pitched in the U.S. was for fans of The Witcher and Gideon the Ninth, which I have some real feelings about because I don't the understand Witcher, the Gideon, and I do understand the Witcher comparison. So the Gideon the Ninth makes no sense. The only similarity is they both have a queer woman with a sword. That's it. I'm like, that's not no. Mm-mm. Makes yeah. this is not remotely like, and it's not even a case where like said queer woman with a sword has like a similar character type or no. vibe or humor. Like, no, just she's a queer woman with a sword. That's it, pretty much. It's like if Geralt was a queer woman with a sword and then written by a bad author, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the I kind of more so get the Witcher thing. Although, to be honest... Well, because in this world, so we haven't talked about what it's about at all, but in this world, a god killer, which is one of our... I actually, I thought that this would be a single POV book or omniscient, but it is multiple POVs, even though it's named after one of those POVs. Yes. But the, the eponymous god killer around which like the story largely revolves, even though they're not the only character, like they're not the main character, um, god killers are not dissimilar from witchers because gods aren't like... It's not like... The judeo-christian god and you are yeah. killing god it's like a bunch of little tiny gods that are basically like magical creatures and so then they are a god killer the way that Geralt is a monster hunter and monster killer so yes. it's essentially the same like functionally the same job yes yeah so that part of it is similar the other similarity is that both books like to go off on tangents but these ones feel less intentional and meaningful than the ones in the witcher books and are less well written. Yeah, that do. Um, I yeah, I the relationships between the characters are also not as well drawn as they are. No. I mean, I wouldn't say that the Witcher books are like extremely character driven, or that he's in no. anywhere the same league as like Jorber Crombie or Robin Hobb or even George R. R. Martin. Those are better character writers, but still, the Witcher books have characters that have compelling relationships and have compelling arcs and have distinct personalities. Yes, um, and that cannot be said for any part of this book no i no and the things that i was most interested in we never really got answered it's dragging it out to book two there was one thing that i was mildly interested in and i even i think i mentioned it in the vlog where i was like well my one like i was like i should probably mention that it did one thing that i actually feel some some smidge of interest in but i have doubts about it actually like going anywhere interesting it just has right now the grain of potential to do a thing that could p potentially be compelling and of course that like didn't go anywhere and nothing was done with that and i was like okay i'm just i wonder what surprised. was the thing um the thing was so we haven't again like really talked about what the story is and it's like a tiny bit spoilery but one of our pov characters is a young girl um it's um uh store brand cirilla and yes. um, she has like a god, like that's like attached to her. Yeah, <laughs> she has a god that's like attached to her, and so then like having a god killer and this girl be at the same like you know like this is a built-in conflict of interest should be ripe for like you know an interesting dynamic. It's it's terribly boring, but so this like god thing that's like attached to her, um, it it's it's. It, it's able to like kind of manipulate people and so like mostly it seems it's like a benevolent force <laughs> yeah but so like it's it's mostly like a pretty like benign and benevolent seeming thing and then there's a point in the book where like the it suddenly kind of like shows its potential to be much more and much worse 
and and it's that moment when that happens you're like oh this thing that i thought was kind of like a benign animal companion kind of basically and it's like in its tone is like oh this might actually be complicated and dark and bad and then it just kind of like it like stepped in that direction and then immediately and then it was back, like and then we never addressed it again and then i was way, like yeah. okay so just yeah. kidding um i agree yeah i think that could have been really there well there was a lot of things like that where it just went for the sort of trite easy answer to everything like there was nothing complex or interesting about any of the characters relationships with each other and and they weren't even internally consistent that's what i was gonna say i was like it wasn't even just that it was always the most obvious thing sometimes it truly did surprise me because i was like this does not logically progress from what you previously like said or established or did like this conversation is going the way that you need it to so that this scene can happen yeah and the scene isn't very good so yeah yeah i yes there's also like a you know romantic subplot that I had zero investment in and I don't (laughs) I don't know if it was me or the book or both um but like it was so badly done that I didn't realize that I was supposed to be picking up on it existing until way until we were like quite a ways I was like oh is this supposed to be a thing like yeah am I supposed to be shocked that it's a thing right now because I do not feel like it's been building to this (laughs) I was also and then I was like why Because, especially because you have, right, like, okay, I mean, this is going to be spoilery, but whatever, we're like 13 minutes in. I mean, I think we've made it clear that we would like you to not read this book, so. Yeah, it's true, it's true. But I mean, tell me why on earth you would do this. So you have, uh, you know, a a queer woman who, like, we know is, like, getting it on with all the ladies. That's, like, her preferred thing. And then we have a guy who has, like, clearly some tension with his childhood BFF who's now the king. So tell me why you're going to have them have a romantic connection with each other? Like, missed opportunities, but also it feels weird, and it's like... But also, I mean, oh, there's nothing that says you can't have that happen. Could, but, like, you ideally you would have, like, like I, frankly, if Geralt and Yaskier started getting it on, I'd be much less surprised and much more into it, even though that's not, like, a thing in the books but there's I mean, more yeah. like chemistry between those two characters That's where i could true. be like if we just kind of like pushed it a little bit further yes. it could do that but like there's sure. nothing like that between these two neither mm-hmm. the like simmering hate to love nor the like kind of we've always been ch- like nothing it's nothing it's just bland like they are in the same vicinity is like yeah, the most this is the connection that is between them. yeah i guess i guess so so like then, i guess if you were really just like you know gagging for it i suppose they're there i guess and then it's so weird because they finally sleep together and afterwards she thinks to herself wow i usually prefer women but this was just amazing and I'm like okay okay yeah <laughs> like what what yeah. is that I, I mean, I, I was know. so checked out by then, but I was like, ugh. And I was like, because I already disliked the book, and then we did that, I was like, ugh, now you're really just torturing me. And I, you know, I'm usually fine with romantic subplots, even if they're not amazingly well done, but this one truly was just not it. It added nothing to the story. And then also, quickly going back to the the dude part of this, um, and you mentioned his, like, friendship possibly more with uh 
childhood best friend slash king. And yeah. I, have you read A Traitor's Blade? By Sebastian no. de Castell. No. Because like I hate that book. I don't recommend it. But there's like it like reminded me of that. And like as much as I hated that book, it is a better book than this. And I gave that book one star. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, the main reason I gave that book one star is because like it started like not amazing, but like it was like, okay, I, I could be into this. Um, and then it just like devolved into like the strangest choices on like all the author's part in that book. And it just kept getting worse and weirder. And, and so by the end I was like, what? But like the prose was like decent, you know, up until we started getting weird. But yeah, this book just wasn't good from page one. Yeah. Yeah. And book I, is so stunning, I felt like the, the ending felt really convenient like everything that happens feels very convenient um i mean the entire book feels convenient but i mean yeah that's true i think the things i was most interested in had to do with the little girl and her i mean her like her connection to this god who her dad is who like all the things that they don't answer it's like they want you to go read book two to maybe find out more information we don't get answers to any of those questions and that was really that's really the only thing i'm interested in well with so many um this isn't always the answer but like most of the time my like if an author was to like come to me for advice my advice is almost always like explain less um, it will automatically generate more interest in what's happening. And two, it will make you not be constantly giving clunky exposition. So like avoiding, just only explain things when you absolutely need to is like always the better idea. But also in addition to just generally not over explaining things, I also almost always, um, especially with like debut or like uh, more amateurish books, they'll tell you some kind of bit of backstory in the beginning of the book. And then, then proceed to tell you the main story. And it's almost always more interesting if you were to like not do that. Just start with that character already established. And then we wonder about that backstory and we find it out later. Because then we have a reason to wonder what that is and to be interested in seeing this thing that's happening. On page one, I don't know who these people are. I have no investment in what's going on. No reason to care about this and no context for it. So just True. throwing me into like traumatic thing that's their backstory i don't know who the they is for whom this is a backstory so i do not care about it and then later when i see them as an adult and it's like okay well you need to know this about them so you understand why they're so like dark and upset i'm like no they're much more interesting if i don't know why they're so dark and upset but i know they must have a reason and i would love to know what that reason is and then you yeah. can trickle in that information or you can do a flashback and then like fully move your prologue into the middle of the book as a full-on let's Let's do the flashback and not hint at it. Let's transport you to the before. Like, I will be more interested in it now because I'm like wondering what has made them the bitter person that they are. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Because it is instead just jarring because you are thrown into this traumatic scene. You don't know who anyone is. And, and then for me personally, thrown, I assume the plot is going to continue from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think it would have been stronger that way. And this book is oddly too long and not long enough there's too much fluff in it not enough is happening 
to justify but, it being the first in a series rather than a yeah film. i mean that's the thing like this this could have been i think this probably could have just been a standalone novel a, a normal like a 400 page standalone novel where you cut the fluff and add whatever is going into book two <laughs> it's just i don't know it's just disappointing also write better the prose is so bad like have you tried reading it back to yourself like i'm talking to the author not to you like because like i've done that before where i've written something and like in the moment like i know what i'm saying and then like i go back to reread it a couple days later i'm like what was that sentence supposed to mean and then like i'll follow like oh okay i know what that sentence is trying to do but it's so hard to like follow it the first time even Mm -hmm. though like technically it's grammatically correct because it does make the point you wanted to make but in a way where like when you're starting the sentence you're like wait what so like read back your work and be like is this clear no (laughs) rewrite it yeah i think i i was more like i gave this two and a half stars really i feel more like a two but i feel like i was being a little generous i guess here's i there are things i like about it in theory i i I guess I I like the idea that we have a character who's who's disabled and that seem that piece of it seems to have been handled reasonably well. She like lost her leg for reasons. Early I mean, I think on. it's generous of you to say that it's a character, but <laughs> there is a a plot device that has these traits, one of which is being disabled. Oh gosh. But I mean, but I mean, I do, you know, like I do appreciate the trying to include some of that, which we don't see all the time in fantasy, especially with women. I, you know, I don't know, like there there were things that I was like, okay, I like what you were trying to do here. Well, I mean, in general, like everything to do with this book, these characters, these scenes, these situations, these conversations, like every bit of it, um, it felt very that it was like being constructed around the thing that we are currently talking about or currently in or currently discussing that nothing exists outside of that. And nothing, nothing has been like no further ramifications of that has been considered on a more meta like level, which like Witcher is all about the meta. It has definitely thought about that. So like here, like not like nothing they talked about mattered because like it was like this exists in this scene in this conversation in this object like this isn't a world this is like happening like it's like a video game that only loads the scene you're currently in yes yes well and i think that's especially true when you get to the ending because you know there's this whole thing of like oh i guess the king wants to become a god and is betraying but like there's no reason for, well, for on his side, like why that would be helpful or like how he got to that point. Even before on- that, like we, lip service is paid to the kind of give um, our Geralt character a reason to be so, to have a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so like we are told about how the general populace feels about gods and like it doesn't really make any kind of sense the way people respond to like her and her job. Mm. Um, it's like something is like thrown in to kind of be like, oh well, you would think, but actually, like no, they like people still like are like their gods and they're they're mad that she's like killing them. But it's like that. I mean, there, it's it's possible that something like that could happen, and that people, I mean, people don't make sense, and people behave in contradictory ways, and like there's no such thing as like a clean break between you know like we believed this thing and now we don't anymore like it would be terribly terribly messy but the way it's painted here doesn't make any kind of sense and is not also like further established or like lives in a way where you kind of get a feel for like 
how like get a like a read on the pulse of like how this country feels about these like things that yeah. supposedly our characters are like involved in in a pretty like world-shaking political way it's not a micro story it's a pretty no. macro story yeah but there's no sense of the macro no there's re there's really not and also i think too for the arlo the our guy character he i i also just don't understand his decisions and i don't think that we get any sense of like why he makes the choices he makes and like it just it feels very convenient i I don't, I don't know. I almost wonder, I, I was thinking about this when I was writing my review of it. I almost wonder if it's intended to be some kind of a, a metaphor for talking about religion and how it has the potential for like harm and benefit. Like, I'm like, is that the point of this book? Like, is that what you're trying to do? That's a pretty complicated thing to tackle in this book. If it, If that's what it was trying to do... Well, one, I was not <laughs> noticing that was what it was trying to do. And if that was what it was trying to do, it did it badly. Yeah. I think maybe it is because there is a lot of stuff about like, oh, you know, faith is something you choose and it's got all this potential for harm, but also for good. And people have a complicated relationship with it. I'm like, are you trying to just talk about religion? Because just trying to it's... make the nonsensical situation they've created make some kind of sense of like, I know this seems like it doesn't make any sense, but like, it's like complicated. So like, go with me on the fact that this is how these people feel about it, even though it doesn't really make any sense based on what I've told you has happened in this world. That's how it read to me. If it was meant to be a commentary, like, again, that is absolutely true. But the thing mm -hmm. is, like, it's just like with like character behavior, like, to say what usually when people say that this character's choices, this character's behavior didn't make any sense. Um, like, people don't actually mean that the problem with it was that it didn't make sense. What they mean is that it's inconsistent with what you know about this world, this character, and what this character is likely to do or feel in that given situation. Because yes. people behave in nonsensical ways all the time. And so yeah. it will make sense for a character to do a nonsensical thing if this character, it seems like it's consistent like with what this that character, that character would, do. would do. Yeah. Yeah. So like when people say this didn't make sense, they don't mean that it didn't make sense. Because again, people holding on to a faith that they have very good reason that's established in the world for them not to hold on to that faith, that doesn't make sense, but also it makes perfect sense in terms of like human nature and how humans might respond to a situation. Yeah. But you still have to have established it in a way where we can buy that that is how people are responding to this, as opposed to just telling us that that's the situation, not giving us a reason for it or showing us examples of like kind of how that's occurring. Yeah. Well, and then supposedly there's a rebellion, but we don't really understand much about that or like what I, there's just a lot of vagueness and it doesn't feel well, it's well. to like just sort of like give you a vague green screen of fantasy with yes. politics in the background for our yes. characters to like be in. Yeah, as opposed to. Well, and then it'll go off to to do all these random descriptions of things that are unnecessary, which as opposed to something like The Witcher, which, yeah, it's annoying when it goes off on these side tangents, but at least there's a clear reason for them and you can understand what he's trying to do on a macro I like level. that we took a pause on The Witcher series read-along to read a shitty version <laughs> of The Witcher so that we could be like, you know what? I think we were being too hard. <laughs> I think we were being the too Witcher's hard. The Witcher's fantastic. I'm really excited for Season of Storms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is like wish.com witcher. <laughs> the cover is phenomenal. It is. Nothing on Wish looks that good. No. But it's beautiful. But uh 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand why. Because I, I feel like I mostly have seen, I, I know it's only just coming out in the States, so it's not like there's been a ton of reviews of it. But yeah. I feel like I haven't actually seen, I've seen either nothing or like general positivity. I haven't seen anyone be like, this book sucks. And No, guys, no. Most sucks. of the reviews I'm seeing are like. But the aggregate yeah. on Goodreads is below a four. So like. That's true. I mean, I feel like most of the people I was seeing on there were giving it like three and a half or four stars. So like, I, I'm not seeing a lot of, I loved it. This is the best thing. But not a lot of negativity. There's so many better books out there that don't get nice covers that deserve this cover. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, who the whoever the artist was, amazing job. Knocked it out of the park. And Waterstones, well done with the straight pages. Gorgeous. And then I don't know. I mean, you have a paperback, I think. So like, there's uh, the end pages are stunning. Beautiful. I was like, I wish I'd never read this because then it could forever stay on my shelf as like, look at that pretty book. I should read that someday. But in the meantime, look how pretty it is. Yeah. But now I can't keep this. It'll just make me angry. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I also, okay, this is a, a pet peeve of mine that, like, again, it's not, like, almost nothing that I complain about is ever, like, something where, like, if you 100% of the time that I'll hate this, but it's just, like, high likelihood that I'll be annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, it's so, like, evocative and provocative to, like, use the word, like, God and God killer or God spawn or God something, like, in yeah. your title or the description of what your book is about. And nine times out of ten... They're just magical creatures. They're just a fantasy race. They're just something like that. And so then it does feel a little bit like it's like clickbait, you know, like, but in like for a book where it's like, you're talking, it's just a fantasy book with fantasy creatures, but you wanted everyone to kind of go, ooh, because like, instead of saying monster killer, instead of saying magical creature killer, we said God killer. And doesn't that sound much more dramatic? And like, there's nothing that says you can't call them gods. And if functionally like people that worship them or whatever, like you can call it that. Um, but it does feel like a cheat. It feels like you're like beefing up something like that's not actually like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is complicated, I guess, because it does somewhat resemble the relationships people might have had to nature-based gods at some point in history but that's like so little a part of what this story is that like it feels it's there to justify calling itself that yeah i mean that's fair i don't think that's because like the audience that's going to have this book marketed to them does live in a heavily like judeo-christian influenced world where if we hear the word god and it's all capitalized in the title of your book our like first impression of that and our first thought is like even if it's not a like singular Judeo-Christian god, it's still like we have an idea of that being like a big world-ending entity. Like yeah. that this is like a like Zeus is a part of a pantheon, right. but Zeus is like a big deal. Like yeah. you know, Odin is part of a pantheon, but Odin is like a big deal. And here, yeah. this is like this is like a wood sprite, you know, that's like yeah. has dominion over this little patch of grass. So like, yeah. not same. No. I mean, she is from the UK, so I guess she's thinking, like, Celtic. But even then, like, that's, like, people would leave, um, you know, like, um, dishes of milk um, for the Fae. 
And like yeah. that's like basically how these like gods yeah, are like it's treated. True. It, it reads like, more like that. Well, or yeah, sort we don't of, call or sort gods. of like how you know, like different spirits in Russian mythology, like Baron the Nightingale, but they're yeah. not like gods. Exactly. Yeah. And using a word like God feels like you're trying to make this sound like this, like I mean, God killer, like killing God, like that's a very evocative title. It's like, right. ooh. but in fact, it's a monster hunter. Yeah. That's yes, that's true. It's clickbait. It is, which I mean, it's effective. Get a pretty cover and an evocative title, and yep, you know, which adds a level of irritation for me because I'm like, well, it's bad and dishonest. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, and and then even the cover, right? Like we have the stag head which like it's hinted that there was something about a stag head from a god that was killed but we never actually find out anything about it <clears throat> so you know it's a real pretty cover it mostly reminded me of shadow and bone to be perfectly honest but how so the stag that alina has to kill to get her amplifier oh yeah yeah, yeah. more zova's um right yeah. Is it a stag? I think it's a stag. I think so. Yeah. Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah. This was slow. It took me forever to I read. I mean, for as like amateurish and early and YA as Shadow and Bone in that trilogy is, it's far better in mm -hmm. handling all of its themes, all of its characterization, all of its pacing and plotting and world building than this is. It's true. I feel like I was definitely too generous in my reading of this book. <laughs> I'm so pleased that I've convinced you to lower it. That's my, I feel it is my responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I take it seriously. Oh, well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover with it? I just, again, the prose. In addition to not making any sense and having metaphors that are not true, it also like just broke immersion because it constantly had these like quite modern like words. And like, again, it's fantasy, so it can't technically be anachronistic because like it's whatever. Mm. But like you're still trying to go for a sort of like old timey in terms of like technology and speech, whatever, like vibe. So mm. it had like at one point they said snack food and I was like, snack food? You wouldn't say snacks like no and then some at some other point she says something about how like oh didn't they teach you this in high school and i was like high school what and then like <laughs> the at some point like then they're speaking to like one of these like god type people like uh, it's like you know this like goddess type of thing that's like speaking and like okay shout out to the narrator which i haven't said anything about the narrator did the most she could to make this sound really good um there's just only so much she can do. And so she's like doing this like dramatic Galadriel, like you will have a queen, like blah, blah, blah voice for yeah. this like God, which is like appropriate. But like the, the actual dialogue that she has to read is this like God creature woman saying like, Oh, was it this or something? <laughs> and it's like, can you imagine Galadriel saying, oh, is it like the ring or something? <laughs> like, like, she's like trying to read it in this voice. It was like, oh, was it this or something? And it's just like, there's no way to make that sound good. You know? Oh, no. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. I think like some of those things don't always stand out to me as much in the middle of reading it as they do to you. But like, yeah, I do now remember the high school thing and that you're right. That makes no sense for this context. And it's like a really, it's not like difficult. Like you could just say, oh, did you not learn that? Like when you were from your tutors or like something. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is clearly not a world that has high school. Maybe it is. <laughs> Technically, I don't know that it doesn't have high schools. It wasn't giving I... me that impression, but I don't know that it doesn't have snack food high schools and valley girls who are gods. <laughs> so shout out to the narrator. Like, like very good narrator. Like, if she couldn't make this sound good, no one can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I had um, used up my limit on script for the month. So I was reading this all physically and it took a long time. I I don't know if I could have done that. Or it would have taken me much longer. We would not be sitting here right now because I'd still be on like page 30. Like, please make it end. Well, luckily we are here. So hopefully we can help some of you not have to read it. It's not good, y'all. It's not good. No. And like, I mean a lot. So people are like, well, Leanna's super picky. But Bethany's very nice. I am. I am. And it's still. Apparently I can't be trusted on being negative because I'm too negative. But yeah. No, I mean, but I I didn't like it either. I messaged her. Leanna was like, I hope you liked this better than I did, or I'm going to feel bad we picked it. And Leanna's like, no. <laughs> you can't possibly have thought that I actually liked it better than you. <sighs> yeah. I am. Um, I mean, I don't think I, and I, this is me trying to be nice about it too. You know what story does a better job handling the relationship between humans and gods? Mm-hmm. Hades town. Hades town. <laughs> it's true. That's not, I'm not even joking, but it does a better no, job of that. It does. It's true. Yeah. Well, this is definitely a disappointment. I know. Wish I had not pre-ordered the book, but oh well. well can't you cancel your pre-order? This this is the book. Oh, I thought that was still the arc. Oh no. I had an e-arc. This is the they didn't come out in hardcover, it's just paperbacks. I mean, that pleases me. What? That pleases me that it didn't come out in hardcover. It doesn't deserve it. Yeah, it's probably for the best. And it got this treatment already, which is undeserved. Yes. I hope someone did like it and wants to buy it off me though. (laughs) I'm sure somebody will. It is very pretty. Maybe someone who hasn't read it yet and has is like, well, maybe I'll like it, even though Leanna hates it because Leanna's. It'll like, be like, or maybe I'll just live on my shelf. Never maybe somebody it. could, you know, start a collection of books you hated. I mean, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books, and a lot of them are really pretty books. I was so stressed about reading Spinning Silver because I hated Uprooted, and I had already purchased before I had read Uprooted the beautiful hardcover, the UK hardcover of Spinning Silver. And yeah. I was like, this is, I mean, those UK hardcover up, 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 uprooted. Um, I didn't own it, but it is also stunning. And if I had owned it, I would have been devastated because I hated the book. But I already own Spinning Silver, which I probably wouldn't have bought if I had read Uprooted before I bought it. I mean, yeah, yeah, before I bought it. Um, so I was like, well, I own it. And 
I hope I like it. And then I then I did like it, which was a relief. But I was it's such a pretty book. I was like, I want to keep this pretty book. Yeah. If I read it and hate it, I can't keep it. This is why I don't buy special editions of books I haven't read. I mean, that wasn't even a special edition. It's just like the UK often does like yeah. a, a very limited first hardcover printing and then never again. And it's like, why? Why you got to be like yeah. that? Yeah. So. That's what they do there. There are special editions of Spinning Silver. I don't have those. I just, just have the hardcover from the UK, which is basically a special edition now. Pretty much. Well, well that was God Killer. I hoped this would be a more positive discussion, but alas, <laughs> it did not turn out that way. I don't have a single positive thing to say about it. Except the cover. And the, yeah. The and pages. the narrator. The narrator. Yeah. But I have nothing positive to say about anything that can be, like, credited to the author. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate Unless the it. author did the cover art, in which case, well done. You should be an artist, not a writer. That's true. Play to your strengths. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't hate it, but I it wasn't good. I, I liked the the skeleton of some of what was there but not the execution you liked the type of stories that this author likes and was therefore therefore influenced by and then was like i can do that and the answer is no you cannot but yeah. you're like i also like those things that you like but yeah you don't you're no good at doing them <laughs> it's like if someone has never ever done gymnastics before and is like i could do that and then they try to do it and you're like well i like gymnastics but not that <laughs> not whatever that was <laughs> yeah that's unfortunate well we don't recommend this one but we'll be back with the uh, actual truth witch next month or not truth, truth witch. witch oh my god witcher never bethany never uh, i love truth witch, but that's okay i know you don't like it um hey i'll give it this truth witch is better than god killer it's a far better than god killer <laughs> It's planned out and intentional with its world building. It didn't have as painful of metaphors. And yeah. Nonsensical prose. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with that, we're going to move into On My Radar. I don't know if Lana has anything. We'll see. Um, but we'll talk about recent and upcoming book releases we're excited for in sci-fi and fantasy. But of course, if you enjoy the podcast, we do appreciate it. if you take a moment to rate and review us. We can reach more listeners or comment down below if you're watching us on YouTube. And if you're interested in getting exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon or channel memberships. Huge thanks to all of our patrons including and uh, and members, including, well, I guess I don't think we have any members yet, but just patrons. Thank you to our patrons, including our World Expander patron, Stephanie. You all make what we do possible. We do really appreciate you. And again, the bonus content for this week, we'll be discussing Hadestown and why we liked it a lot better than God Killer. <laughs> so. Not just why we liked it better than God Killer, just why, why we, we liked it. Also, why it's good. Yeah. Not that. just good in comparison to the worst book that I've read this year. That's not true. There are worse books I've read this year. But it's down there. Yeah. So, um, I do have a few books on my radar. A couple I've read, a couple I haven't. 
Um, the Spirit Bears Its Teeth by Andrew Joseph White. I really loved his YA horror debut. That one was dystopian. This one is historical. It's like historical horror with a trans character and like who's like forced into a sanatorium slash finishing school. I think it's probably going to be great. Um, also one I have picked up but haven't read yet is The Death I Gave Him by MX Liu, which looks really good. It's like a sci-fi slash horror Hamlet retelling that's also queer and has like a murder mystery element. I don't know. It sounds really intriguing. I, I like a good Shakespeare retelling, so I want to check this out. Um, also coming out in September is Mammoths at the Gates by Nevo. This is the latest book in the Singing Hills cycle, and it's really good. I think it's my favorite of the series so far. This one is exploring themes of grief and what it's like to return to your childhood home. It's a really good novella. And then lastly, one that I'm curious about, I'm kind of waiting to see reviews, is Fragile Threads of Power by V.E. Schwab is coming out, which is the start of a new Shades of Magic universe series. So I'm curious to see what people think of it. I don't know that I'm going to run out and read it, but like I'll be watching reviews. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, the next episode is going to be October 17th. I'll be back here with Izzy and we let patrons vote on a witchy romance that we were going to read for October. So if you want to read along with us, we're going to be reading Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. That was the winning book, which should be fun. And then uh, end of October, we'll be back to finish up our Witcher read-along. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully it'll be better than God Killer. <laughs> I have no doubt that it'll be better than yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, again, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Leanna. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can find us on our individual YouTube channels. Um, join us. October 17th for the next episode and this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.